This is the Read and Instruction Show. I'm your host, as always, Dr. Andy Johnson. The topic of today's podcast is the five-step writing process. As has been stated in many podcasts, and I'll probably state it again, if you want to help students become better writers, you must teach the process. Now, the five-step writing process is described by Donald Graves way back in 1983. has been around for a while. There's nothing new and exciting here. This podcast will simply expand on the brief outline that I've given or described in a previous podcast. And in subsequent podcasts, I'll describe strategies for each step. But first teach the process to develop the skill. Even before we get to the steps, finding writing topics could be considered a pre-pre-writing step. This will be explained in another podcast. Suffice to say for now, students should be able to select their own writing topics to the greatest extent possible. This creates greater motivation to write, which in turn, improve students' writing and communicating skills. This also results in a more interesting and engaged classroom, and it actually makes teaching more enjoyable and efficient and effective. These are all good things. So here are the five steps. Step one, pre-writing. Pre-writing includes generating ideas, organizing ideas, and sometimes collecting data. Now, strategies for generating ideas includes things like listing and brainstorming, power writing, and conversations. Strategies for organizing include graphic organizers, outlining, and inductive analysis. And these will be explained in another podcast. I I hate to keep saying that, but I can't put everything in a single podcast. Now, if students are doing expository or inquiry writing, this pre-writing step includes collecting data. Here, students might read and take notes, or conduct interviews, or observations, inquiries, experiments, or surveys. These are all ways to collect data. Step two, drafting. Drafting, sometimes called sloppy copy, is the writer's first attempt to capture ideas on paper. The goal here is to simply get a bunch of words on the page. However, if students associate writing with grammar, punctuation, and spelling, this is a hard step for them. But you can't write well if you're not first willing to write poorly. I use the analogy here for this drafting step of a potter throwing a large blob of clay on a potter's wheel. Here, the goal is to simply get the clay on the wheel so that the potter can begin to shape. Here, you're simply trying to get those ideas down. Now, writers who get stuck here are often trying to shape the pot before they put it on the wheel. No, get the clay on the potter's wheel. Get the ideas on the page. I tell my graduate students, 
You can't write well if you're not first willing to write garbage. Step three is revising. This is the heart of the writing process. Here, the writer revisits, reshapes, and reviews the writing many, many times. Parts are added and moved around or taken away. As an example, when I was writing the first draft of my chapter upon which this podcast is based, it was really bad. As a matter of fact, it was horrible. It looked much different than the version that you're hearing now. That's because during the process of revising, new ideas actually began to appear. Some ideas were cut, some were reworded, others were put in different shape, in different places. Staying with the potter's wheel analogy, revising in writing is like the potter beginning to mold and shape the blob of clay on the wheel to make the pot. Now, the pot doesn't appear as a finished product with one spin of the wheel. It begins to appear over time with much shaping. Step four is editing. This is the step where grammar, spelling, and punctuation errors are corrected. Now, the quickest way to ruin a good writing project or damage a writer is to insist that step four be step one, two, or three. If writers are editing or worrying about mechanics at the pre-writing, drafting, and revising stages, the flow of ideas and the quality of writing suffers. Precious brain space that could be devoted to generating and connecting ideas will instead be used to worry about writing mechanics. It gets in the way it gunks up the works. Step five of the five-step writing process is publishing and sharing. Sharing writing with real people is what makes it become real and alive. It also helps develop a sense of audience, as will be described in another podcast. Now here, students might read parts of their work in small or large group. They could exchange their writing with others or utilize some other form of publication. Step one, pre-writing. Step two, drafting. Step three, revising. Step four, editing. Step five, publishing and sharing. Now, teaching the five steps. We teach the writing process to develop students' writing skills. And here are some simple tips for teaching the five-step writing process. First, number one, use direct and explicit instruction. Small bits of direct instruction should be used to teach each step of the writing process, as well as strategies as well as to teach grammar, punctuation, and other writing mechanics. For those of you not familiar with direct instruction, it usually includes the following. Input, modeling or demonstration, guided practice, independent practice, and review. The second tip is to demonstrate the steps. Demonstration usually involves cognitive modeling, where you think aloud as you're demonstrating the steps or related strategies. For example, 
Ms. Bell was giving a mini lesson to her third grade students about a pre-writing strategy. She used her own writing project to demonstrate. She said, Boys and girls, I want to write about the state fair. I have some ideas in my head, but I'm still a little fuzzy about what I want to say. I need to use one of our pre-writing strategies. I'm going to use listing. This is when you write a list of ideas that pop into your head about your writing topic before you start writing. Okay, so here, Ms. Bell began listing ideas on the board and naming each one as she did. She paused and said, hmm, now listen to her think out loud, hmm, as I'm listing these things, some other ideas are starting to pop in my head. I'm going to add these too. And she added those to her list. She wrote on the board and said, hmm, these new ideas are giving me other ideas. That's what happens when you start listing. And as, I think, as I'm thinking of these new ideas, I'm also going to list some of the sounds and smells and sights. So these were included on her list as well. Then she said, Now I think I've got enough ideas to start writing my first draft. This is how you use listing as a pre-writing strategy. Then... Ms. Bell wanted to use guided practice to reinforce this pre-writing strategy. She demonstrated this is what guided practice looks like. Boys and girls, let's try doing one together, then I'll ask you to try it on your own. Now here, Ms. Bell used a topic with which all her third graders were familiar, recess. The class brainstormed about things they might see, hear, or do at recess. After which, Ms. Bell said, Wow, if I wanted to write about recess, I would have some great ideas for starting my first draft. Now I want you to think about the idea that you've decided to write about today. I've given you some thinking paper. In the next three minutes, I want you to start listing things that pop into your head about your writing topic. Put all the ideas down, even the silly ones, because these will help you think of other ideas. You'll be sharing your list with your writing partner today before you start writing. That's how Ms. Bell used guided practice. Notice she used cognitive modeling, thinking out loud as she demonstrated, and then guided practice. And she could walk around as students were doing their list. The third tip is to write. This is a good place to reinforce once again the importance of teachers writing with their students. Writing enables you to better understand each of the five steps. When you write, you also remember things about writing to pass along to your students. And as shown just now, writing enables you to demonstrate steps and strategies using your own writing pro products. Now, I want you to know that I'm practicing what I'm preaching here. As I'm writing this book upon which this podcast is based, I'm also teaching a graduate course in scholarly writing. Here, my goal is to help students complete their capstone projects for their master's degree. And while writing this book upon which this podcast is based, 
I'm remembering little writing tips to pass along to my students. These become the basis of short mini-lessons, and it also makes me a more credible teacher. Now I know what you're thinking. Since these are adult writers taking a graduate course doing high-level writing, that they would need to use some sort of super special, complicated, high-caliber writing strategies that have nothing to do with elementary, middle school, or high school writers. That's probably what you're thinking. Nope. Writers are writers. The writing process used are essentially the same no matter what the age or level. For example, I find myself telling my graduate students, you have to write garbage before you can write well. Get that garbage on the page. It's called a draft. We'll revise and reshape it later. That's something I tell writers at all ages and levels. The next tip, put up posters listing the five steps. These can be used as reference when teaching and when conferencing with writers. They also remind students of the five steps. Now, ideally, the five-step writing process would be taught to students in kindergarten through graduate school, and posters would be visible wherever there is writing taking place. The next step, use scaffolds, or the next tip. Writing shapes and organizes our thinking. Our thinking also shapes and organizes our writing. Use scaffolds and other writing structures. These provide a temporary structure for thinking that gradually becomes internalized. Scaffolds include such things as graphic organizers or step-by-step -step guides such as the self-regulated strategy development, cognitive strategy instruction and writing, strategy instruction model and the apprenticeship model. These are all scaffolds. A scaffold could also include things like teacher writing prompts. However, these are all meant to be temporary, temporary guides for thinking and writing and not permanent recipes to follow all these scaffolds. An analogy, when a scaffold is used to build something, it's not designed to be a permanent part of the structure. It's used only to support the building process. It's taken down as soon as possible. So it is with scaffolds used for writing. They should be used to support the developing writing process, but they're designed to become obsolete. However, the mistake some people make with scaffolds and structures is that they become permanent formulas for students to follow. An example of this is the five-paragraph essay format. Now, this format can be useful. It can be a useful structure for thinking about essays initially, as long as it's flexibly applied. If, we, if it becomes a mandated recipe to follow, the structure becomes cumbersome and constraining and gets in the way of good writing. The last tip is to make a school-wide commitment to writing and the five-step writing process. If schools are serious about improving students' ability to write and think, every teacher of writing at every level needs to understand the five-step writing process and be on board with it. They must also 
provide daily writing practice in which students are engaged in authentic writing activities, daily writing practice. If you're a coach, would you skip wrestling practice for a day? No, it's every day. Daily writing practice, that's how you get better. Now, let's look at the types of writing that you'll be teaching. I want to end this podcast with a brief description of each type of writing that you might include in a writing curriculum. Now, Lucy Calkins in 2020 described three common types of academic writing, persuasive writing, narrative writing, and expository writing. These are the types of writing addressed by the Common Core State Standards. However, we should not allow the Common Core State Standards or any standards to narrowly define our writing curriculum. Thus, three other types of writing will be described here. Inquiry writing, the arts, and communications. And I'll describe each of these fuller in more detail in subsequent podcasts. Now, let's take a look at each first. The first one is persuasive writing. The purpose of this type of writing is to make a case for or against an issue or to construct an argument using concise, objective language and sound reasoning. The second type of writing is narrative writing. The purpose of this type of writing is to describe incidents and events or to tell a story. In other words, the writer becomes a narrator. The third type of writing to include in a writing curriculum is expository writing or informational writing. The purpose of this type of writing is to explain, describe, provide information, teach, or to communicate knowledge in some form. The fourth type of writing is inquiry writing. The purpose of this type of writing is to describe all phases of the inquiry process. Inquiry is the process of asking a question, gathering data, and then using that data to answer the question. Inquiry is another name for research. Now, data can be gathered using primary sources through direct observation, surveys, interviews, experiments, or other means. Data can also be collected using secondary sources such as books and articles. The fifth type of writing is the arts. The purpose of this type of writing is to create art, language art. Now, as stated in a previous podcast, art is not something beautiful. Rather, it's something beautifully expressed. Art seeks to evoke a variety of responses, including aesthetic, emotional, social, and intellectual responses. Included with this type of writing could be poetry, drama or scripts, song lyrics, comedy monologues, podcasts, and other types of creative fiction or creative writing. And the last type of writing to be included in a writing curriculum is communication. The purpose of this type of writing is personal communication. This would include email, letters, memos, newsletters, personal letters, remember those, 
And even things like Twitter and blogs and Facebook posts and podcasts and websites and digital media that I'm not familiar with and media that hasn't even been thought of. These are all the types of writing that should be included in a writing curriculum. Okay, this podcast has been about the five-step writing process, what it is. We teach the process to develop the skill, some tips for teaching the five-step writing process, and six types of writing that should be included in a writing curriculum.